Hi everyone, my name is Gabriel and this is the Hour of the Raven, your channel for everything Ravenloft, RPG, Dungeons and Dragons and Horror. Today we are going to take a short break on our explorations through the lands of the mists, to review the new book Von Richten Guide to Ravenloft, which will be released by Wizards of the Coast on Thursday, 18th of May. Before we start, however, I would like to make some preliminary considerations. First, I would like to highlight that this is the first review of a book that I do for the channel. So I ask for your patience and understanding, and also to give me your feedback on the format and content of the video. I'll talk the hour of the Raven is perhaps the largest YouTube channel dedicated exclusively to the Ravenloft setting. I would like to clarify that I did not receive any advanced copy of the book from Wizard of the Coast and that this review is in no way sponsored by the editors or authors of this product. After 16 years, without an official product that detailed the campaign setting, Ravenloft returned from his tomb to the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. The announcement of the new book generated a lot of expectation and anxiety among fans of the setting, but the final product is quite divisive and controversial among the fans. The great controversy about the book is that the new Ravenloft is not a continuation of the setting, but a new version that he writes the campaign setting and disregards the lore and character development of previous editions, presenting itself as a new and more modern outtake. In forums and communities about Ravenloft that I participate, some intense and heated debates have occurred among fans, involving even former authors of Ravenloft and many have different opinions about the editorial choices made in this book. The Ravenloft fan community has always been deeply passionate and dedicated to the setting. I would love to hear from all of you about the new book, even if you disagree with my review, but already anticipating the possible conflicts in the comments sections. I ask that we try to maintain a productive and respectful debate. Finally, before going through the analysis of the published book, I would like to recommend to all those who expected a more faithful adaptation of the setting to search for content produced by fans in the DMs Guild. I recommend the excellent material being published by Mist Factor Press. The project intends to launch the complete book of Dark Lords, containing all the Dark Lords of the classic setting, even those mentioned only in novels, and are gradually releasing the individualized material for each of the Dark Lords and domains. So, if you are looking for an adaptation for the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons of the classic material of Ravenloft, I strongly recommend that you look for the material from Mist Factor Press and other excellent materials made by fans of the setting in the DMs Guild. Having overcome these points, I will review the new book into different topics. First, I will analyze some broader aspects, and then go into some comparisons between the new version of Ravenloft with the classic material. Who is this book for? This new book is a complete rewriting of the Ravenloft campaign setting and features character creation options and narration tools. Although the book features an entire chapter intended for character creation, bringing various customization options to dark settings and themes, this chapter occupies only 22 pages out of 256 pages in the book. The rest of the material in the book is a guide that presents new premises for the setting, a coverage of the main and their dark lords, 
monster statistics, and instruments for the dungeon master to narrate horror adventures and create his own dark lord and domains. Thus, this book is primarily intended for dungeon masters who intend to narrate in the land of the mists. Character Creations Options The Character Creation Chapter features interesting customization options and features three lineages, two subclasses, two backgrounds, a table with a hundred options of horror trinkets, and seven options for dark gifts. The proposal to present a new Ravenloft setting can already be identified since the introduction of the book, but in the character creation chapter these points become evident. Until the third edition of Dungeons & Dragons, Ravenloft was presented as a setting of low magic, in which the population of the domains were mostly human, who had a fearful and xenophobic behavior in relation to foreigners and other fantastic races. These characteristics of the setting were used as an element of narrative construction and were supported by reaction mechanics for outcasts to accentuate elements of horror narratives such as alienation and isolation. It was already expected that these elements would be mitigated for the 5th edition most heroic and fantastic approach to the game, and the new setting does not bring restrictions to any race or fantastic element in the creation of characters. The book presents three thematic lineages to the setting, which can be used to replace the previous race of the characters. Dampier are people who have been contaminated in some way by vampirism and manifest some traits of this condition. Hexbloods are individuals who have had contact with the fey blood of Hex, and Reborns are individuals who have returned from death by curse, magic or science. The mechanics offered to these characters are well developed, and the book offers interesting elements of customization in these lineages in tables allowing the origin of their condition to escape from common tropes and be connected to one of the new domains of dread. Just as an example, the lineage of the reborn may be the result of scientific experiments that created a flesh golem in La Mordia, a body resurrected by Harakiri's mortuary rituals, or a body revived as a revenant for the purpose of revenge. In terms of subclasses, the book presents the Bards of the College of Spirits and the Warlock with the Undead Patron, and both classes are well developed. The Bard of the College of Spirits uses elements such as Taroka, Crystal Walls or Skulls, and invokes his bardic powers from a random table, from macabre legends and ancient spirits. The Warlock with the Undead Patron customizes the powers based on the sinister pact with an undead monster, creating a timid variation for the class. Both classes are interesting and well developed, but I really miss the development of other more specific subclasses for the setting. I was surprised by the absence of a cleric subclass for the Church of Ezra, a wizard subclass for an arcanist linked to the Fraternity of Shadows, or even a sorcerer connected with the Cult of Hala. Two backgrounds are presented, the Haunted One and the Investigator, with only the Investigator being new content, as the Haunted One is a reprint and was already presented in the Curse of Stride adventure.
The Investigator is a well thought out background for mystery and interpretation oriented adventures. And that fits perfectly into horror themes. About the trinkets of horror, the book brings a list of a hundred objects with horror thematic, in a list that repeats the 50 gothic objects already presented in the Curse of Strahd, and expands this list with another 50 objects. I left the theme of the Dark Gifts to the end of this topic, as they replaced the power tests from previous editions of the setting. The Dark Gifts are not linked to corruption through the practice of evil acts by the characters, and are presented as pacts for power presented by the Dark Power's supernatural entities, or even by the Dark Lords themselves. Although this notion of Faustian agreements is interesting, I wonder if in a way these criteria are not remarkably similar to the Warlock class, who also made a pact with higher entities to obtain their magical powers. These options are presented as a means of character customization, and players can choose one of these pacts when creating new characters, or assume such pacts throughout the game, in situations presented by the Dungeon Master. All these pacts bring some advantage and disadvantage to the characters. In general, they seem to offer more advantages than penalties for the players, and allow the customization of characters with typical themes of the setting. One of the Dark Gifts basically offers characters a chance to play with someone with the gifts and curses of the Vistani, being able to navigate through the mists by being cursed for not staying in the same place for a long time. Another Dark Gift allows players to have a second skin and hide the existence of an inner creature or beast, basically allowing the creation of a character who is a lycanthrope or who is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that turns into another creature when enraged. All Dark Gifts are interesting, but in mechanical and thematic terms, and the variations allow for customization that can give the character an interesting depth, and help the characters emerge in personal horror stories. Considering the premises of the classic setting, the choice of Dark Gifts in the construction of the character seems to me somewhat inappropriate, especially considering the monstrous aspect that involves such custom. In theory, the classic setting was composed mostly of human populations, that were both superstitious and xenophobic against other races and supernatural creatures, and will have difficulty accepting heroes as a character like a different Dampier who has a dark gift to be a werewolf or a tabaxi hexblood that has a shadow that moves independently. However, as we already mentioned, this is a total reinvention of the Ravenloft campaign setting, and within this new proposal, these possibilities of customization through the Dark Gifts seem to be a good way to integrate the characters created for these editions with elements of a horror setting. Narrative Instruments The book features two chapters entirely dedicating to helping a narrator build his own horror stories in Ravenloft. Chapter 2 deals with the creation of a domain of dread, and it was a surprise and pleasant reading. This chapter is dedicated to helping narrators create and develop their own dark domains and dark lords, and provide guidance and a list of questions to ask when creating these settings. In addition to helping the Dungeon Master to develop his own narratives, this chapter 
details various horror genres, and provide tips and guidelines on common tropes for creating narratives in each of those genres. The chapter contains numerous tables with ideas for common themes within each genre, which serve as basic premises on which plots and campaigns can be developed. Although I am a veteran dungeon master in Ravenloft and a fan of horror stories, I found that these ideas for adventure themes and plots serve as good examples and inspiration for establishing narratives in each of these horror genres, and this type of manual and references never had been featured in campaign setting books from previous editions. In addition to the second chapter, chapter 4 is about how to narrate horror adventures and largely involve guidance on how to establish prior boundaries between narrators and players, to guarantee everyone's fun and create security mechanisms with the aim of scaring only the characters and not the players. Personally, I have always played with long-time friends, and I never had to establish complex security procedures, but I understand that, especially for those who intend to play with strangers, children, or people with greater sensibility or susceptibility to horror themes. These rules can be important instruments. In general, these are just rules of common sense and good taste, and mechanisms to prevent personal traumas from interfering with the fun during the game, creating safe places. I believe that part of a good horror gaming experience involves making players uneasy and on the edge of their seats, outside their comfort zone. But sometimes, limits have to be drawn, and this book guides you on how to set these parameters. This chapter also brings specific rules for the setting, such as haunted traps and curses, which bring interesting setting mechanics to a horror team. The optional rules for fear and stress replace old rules of fear, horror and madness checks from previous editions. These new rules brings penalty mechanics to the players, but do not remove the player agency of the characters, which seems more in line with 5th edition's heroic fantasy proposal. Monsters and Statistics This book features a repertoire of monsters specific to the setting. It is not an extensive repertoire, but the monsters presented are well inserted in horror themes and bring back some classic and well-known monsters. Some basic rules are mentioned on how to give more personality and customization of monsters, to transform them into unique creatures. This session also takes the opportunity to introduce some elements of lore and development of the setting, in the figure of the priests of Ozibus and Umist Inquisitors, who are directly linked to Strahd's past and the Dark Powers, generically representing the figure of evil cultists and inquisitors, I found the story involving such monsters uninspired, and I predict that the additions and changes suggested in Count Strahd's story and the setting would be yet another element of the divisive reformulation. Another element that bothered and disappointed me a lot in the new book was the lack of statistics for Dark Lords. The book only indicates which similar monster can be used as a basis for statistics, leaving to the dungeon master to specify, develop and detail these Dark Lords. 
I'll talk in general terms, I agree that not all adventures in the mists have to involve a confrontation with the Dark Lord. The decision not to give these characters a statistic seemed to me to be a mistake. In a book that features numerous tables and customizations for each narrator to create their own customized narratives, they could easily establish different statistics and variations for these characters. What an experienced narrator! Adapting and creating statistics for the Dark Lords will not be much of a challenge. However, many look in a setting book for a guide and facilitator for the work as a dungeon master, and this editorial decision seems to take away from the final value of the product. For players who want statistics for the Dark Lords, all that remains is to look for such adaptations in content made by fans on the internet and in the DMs Guild. I reiterate here my recommendation for the adaptations of the complete book of Dark Lords, being published by Mist Factor Press in the DMs Guild. Art Direction Art is a very subjective topic, and we will certainly find defenders and critics of the material presented in this book. In general, the arts are well done, and the book has a competent group of artists to illustrate its cover and interiors. However, despite being produced by competent illustrators and painters, I did not like the general line of art direction for the new book. The book presents art in vibrant colors, which presents a more fantastic and heroic proposal of the setting. Although they contain gothic elements, to me, these arts do not reflect the tone of a horror adventure. Ravenloft's new book does not have its own visual identity and adapts to the standard art style for other 5th edition products. The contrast is evident when comparing the result with all the illustrations of the setting, which emphasize the use of light and shadow to create suggestive and disturbing images. In the past, the setting was easily recognized by the interior art of Stepan Fabian, Clyde Caldwell, Kevin McCann, and in the third edition, the portraits of Talon Dunning. I did not expect the fifth edition of Ravenloft to adopt a black and white art style, but many of the adopted arts simply do not send us any sense of horror, which is the proposal of the campaign setting. In comparison, some arts from Magic the Gathering, from the Innistrad set, are able to pass on images much more disturbing and frightening wrapped in a tone of horror and amazement. The tone adopted in some of the images are even infantilized. For example, the new domain of Kalakari adopts a dark fantasy genre inspired by Indian culture and presents us with the image of Arijani and Riva, a Rakshasa and an Arkanolov. Just for the sake of comparison, I ask you to see the image of a Rakshasa presented in the setting of Eberron who is not a horror setting and has an arcanopunk theme. Despite my criticism of the art direction, some illustrations in the book attract positive attention, and I especially like the new version of the House of Lament. Domains and Setting Development In addition to the rules and mechanics to bring horror elements to the narratives, most of a campaign setting source book should be dedicated to the presentation of the setting, bringing the premises and history that make it unique. 
The book's introduction presents on its first page the seven basic premises about the Ravenloft setting. However, these seven basic premises are one of the few points of contact between the new interpretation of Ravenloft and the classic Ravenloft setting. The first change I could notice is about the level of fantasy existing in the setting. The classic Ravenloft was a low fantasy setting, where access to spell and magic items was limited. Although the demiplane was dominated by the dark powers and the mists assert a supernatural control over this world, the land of the mist stood out for maintaining a level of coherence in the interactions between their domains, in terms of geography, political, economic, cultural and historical events. Since the setting was first presented in the 1990s Realm of Terror box set, the domains were divided into few domains that were isolated islands surrounded by the mists, and the core domains, a continent where several domains were interconnected and that functioned as a kind of central hub for adventures. The new Riverloft setting presents a rupture of this proposal, and the demiplane of the red is now a nightmare reality, which exists only to the torment of its dark lords and prisoners. The environment within these domains does not need to respect any logic. Their native inhabitants do not question this nightmare reality, and most of their dark lords do not even know that they are cursed prisoners of these lands. Events can be repeated cyclically, and some passages in the book suggest that by exploring the mists without the proper means, adventurers can return to a domain and discover that the cycles of events are repeating in an identical way, all with slight changes, and that even if the Dark Lords are defeated, the Dark Powers will be able to command the Mist to reform such realities again, imprisoning these Dark Lords once more. The core, a central region where several domains were interconnected, no longer exists, and all domains are islands floating among the mists. Those who know the reality of the Demiplane can try to travel through the mist using mystical skills or using a mist talisman, or communicate between domains using the services of the Keepers of the Black Feather, a secret society controlled by were ravens that can carry messages across the domains. Finally, there is no reference in the book to previous editions, a timeline of previous events and history of these lands. In Barovia, they point that the year is 735, but the isolation of the lands and the unusual nature of reality does not allow a correct recording of events. These additions fundamentally change the nature of the setting. Instead of a land of low magic where mostly humans fought to survive in a dark reality, refuting magic and the supernatural with fear. The current setting proposes a high fantasy in a nightmare reality, where different races adapt to survive in an ever-changing dread reality. In my view, the proposal of a reality with the nature of a timeless and cyclical nightmare can be terrifying, but it works best for shorter and more target adventures, as it can quickly wear out. The horror of discovering that you are trapped in a fluid reality destined to repeat itself eternally is strong, but in a short time can become tiring, or even cause the characters to become insensitive to the world and the reality that surrounds them.
and just think of a way to leave the lands of the mists. The isolation of all domains by the mists also drastically alters the setting, and in the new proposal, each domain is treated as a separate campaign setting. Most populations and dark lords are ignorant even of the existence of other domains, which makes political intrigue or wars between domains practically impossible, except in a few cases. Here, I identify what I consider a great loss in narrative options. The core of the classic Ravenloft allowed for a range of plots and narratives that easily spammed multiple domains, and reflected in a fantasy world the political tensions of Europe during Renaissance and medieval times. There were military invasions and wars between the domains and Dark Lords, political intrigue and alliances, relations of commercial and cultural influence between the regions, and characters who had a history spread over countless lands of the mists. Although plots involving travel through the mists between domains are possible in the new proposal, as we can see in the adventure of the official Black Dice Society stream, or as promised by the upcoming adventures of the Adventure League, the interaction of the characters with the inhabitants of these domains is at least limited by the isolationism of the mists and ignorance of the people who inhabit it about other realms and realities, and suggests a more modular approach to each domain. Finally, the new book completely disregards the old lore and development of the setting so far, and embraces a complete remake. There is not even one line in the entire book aimed at addressing the history of the Land of the Mists or trying to connect the current proposal with the classic campaign setting, and new elements are added without regard to contradictions with the previous written material. This bold editorial decision is one of the main elements that has divided the fan community. If you have never played the Ravenloft setting before, or don't mind continuity issues, these changes won't bother you as much. If you, like me, were a fan of the classic setting, or care about the continuity and evolution of a campaign setting, then this book can be extremely frustrating. I am not advocating that the setting should not change. On the contrary, changes and updates are expected in each new version and edition of the setting. However, from its launch in 1990 to 2005, the setting has undergone updates and evolutions that have always respected the previously published material, and for those interested in this type of narrative and continuity, they enriched the stories and characters presented. What a good part of the fans expected was an evolution of the camping setting, which would show us what happened in the timeline and how the characters and regions of the Land of the Mists would be approached in this new edition. The hard truth is that this new book was not made with the former fans of the Ravenloft setting as the target audience. In terms of the story and plot of the setting, the new book does not present any plot that involves major events or invest in depth in ideas for adventures that involve multiple domains. The Dark Powers are kept as a mystery to be defined by the Dungeon Master, but some suggestions are given as to what is their purpose, and even some names of these supernatural powers are presented in the book. 
One of them is that of the necromancer Obidus, the name of a mortal who rose to the rank of dark power, and is linked to the imprisonment of Strahd by the mists. Or the name of the dark power is Tenebrus, which perhaps may be related to the demon prince Orcus that once used this name in a Planescape adventure. I am struck by how few details about religions of the lands of the mist are revealed, and secret factions and society are given only a superficial approach. Little information is revealed to help players develop native characters from the mist. Although in each of the 17 domains covered in the tale, some basic questions are suggested to help develop native characters. Each of the 17 well-developed domains is treated as an isolated land, and some would work more as a proposal for a standalone adventure than for a recurring campaign setting. This is the case, for example, of Demolio, where the entire domain is a single city and all adventures revolve around attending a gala ball by Duchess Sadira Donaire. Valakan has a similar approach, with dynamics that revolve around the Ritual of Hearts, a survival game in which adventurers are hunted by the Dark Lord Chakuna to the jungles of Valakan. Falkovnia has a cyclical nature, in which inhabitants of a land dominated by a cruel military leader must be prepared every month to survive the invasion of a zombie horde. Kartakas is still a land of bards, but more modern themes like the search for fame and recognition are now the curse of the Dark Lord Harkon Lucas, and the wolfwares have been retransformed into werewolves. Barovia's section does not bring any new information for those who already have the Curse of Strahd adventure and Darkon seem to follow a line similar to the one already adopted in the Wrecking Green Harvest box set, although the reasons for its ruin and the disappearance of the Dark Lord Azanin completely ignore the events that resulted in the destruction of Ilaluk and the emergence of Necropolis. Among the new domains presented or rewritten, my favorites are the domain of Tepest, which presents an interesting proposal for folk horror. And surprisingly, the domain of Ikat, which brings a city imprisoned by a dream reality created by its Dark Lord. The main domains are accompanied by beautiful maps and a brief description of the main locations. The Dark Lord background is covered, and then numerous tables are presented with one or two line proposals for future adventures in the domain. In addition to the 17 detailed domains, the book features a number of other domains that are presented in short paragraphs, just to spark the reader's imagination. For those who know the setting in depth, it is possible to see reference to characters and domains of previous editions throughout the book, such as subtle references to Sidicus and Cavitus, or the mention of known characters as the Captain Nathan Timothy and his ship Virago. In general, most of the domains presented in the tale in the book bring a reinterpretation with interesting ideas, and I believe they can be used even by narrators who do not intend to follow the new version of the Ravenloft campaign setting. However, some of the ideas presented for these domains are so different from the original proposals that one wonders why they were simply not presented as new domains, 
instead of replacing domains with pre-established teams and characters. Representativeness, diversity and inclusion. I will address this topic briefly, and I do not intend to start a deep political discussion here on themes of representativeness, diversity and inclusion. But it is impossible not to talk about this new book without noting that the editorial line is constantly striving to modernize the setting and include a larger and more active female representation, and changes in some characters as to their ethnicity and sexual inclination. Personally, I believe that representativeness, diversity and inclusion must be objectives that are constantly and actively pursued by companies in their new products. However, the present book promotes changes in practically all previous established characters. Altogether, identified in the arts and backgrounds of the characters presented in the book. Six changes in gender, six changes in ethnicity, and four changes in the sexual orientation of previous established characters. I believe that so many abrupt changes in known and pre-established characters in the public imagination are a wrong way to bring change and more representativeness, diversity and inclusion to RPG tables and products. These types of changes always end up generating controversies and divisions among the fanbase, which for decades had such characters described in different ways in official sources and arts of the setting, and created in their imagination a mental picture of these characters. In pop culture, these changes and retcons sometimes happen to characters, and have already happened in Ravenloft before. I do not see a problem in a natural evolution of the sexual orientations of some characters, but I am a defender of continuity, and I believe that representativeness, diversity and inclusion would be better explored and effective by creating new protagonists and characters that represent a more diverse group of people. I am Brazilian and Latin American, and I would love to see themes of folklore and legends from Latin America in horror stories portrayed in the Ravenloft setting. However, this inclusion would be much more effective by adding new domains of characters that can represent Latin America cultural themes, as opposed to changing a character already established on the setting for this purpose. Despite being an advocate of continuity, and believing that these massive changes have more a divisive effect among fans than to promote inclusiveness and diversity, I emphasize that the changes, for the most part, do not alter the essence of this character. Still, considering that this is a total break with the previous setting editions, this is not exactly a change, but a new version of the characters. Conclusion the Van Richten Guide to Ravenloft brings a new version of the Ravenloft setting, and seeks to introduce a new generation of dungeon masters and players to this mix of horror and fantasy themes. Although the book brings interesting mechanisms for character creation and customization, the book is mainly aimed at dungeon masters, and provides interesting guidance on how to conduct and create horror scenarios. The book is a total remake of the Ravenloft setting, which now becomes a high fantasy setting with elements of horror. The core, that used to connect most of the domains, no longer exists, and all domains and characters are rewritten into new versions. 
If you have never played the Raveloft setting, or don't care about continuity issues with the classic setting, this book can be an excellent gateway to play horror and fantasy stories, and get a different experience from Dungeons and Dragons. I must warn that this book may frustrate old players who have waited for more than 15 years to see the evolution of the plots and characters of the classic setting. This book is not aimed at former fans of Ravenloft, and will be a divisive landmark in the fan community. The bold editorial choices call attention for consciously choosing to erase the past from the setting in this new publication, even though they make brief nods to the old content. After the excellent development received by the setting in the third edition to the Gazetteers, it is disappointing to realize that such a development will simply be disregarded by the fifth edition, and in almost all cases it becomes incompatible with the new content. The material has new ideas and concepts for the rewriting of previously explored domains and themes. Many of these concepts are well thought out. Autogre believe they are better suited as ideas for isolated adventures than complete domains. In many cases, there is no reason why such domains should not be presented with a new name as an original material, instead of replacing domains already known to fans of the setting. Autogre the new book uses the name Ravenloft and brings back some dark lords and domains that are well known by fans. They bring them in a new guise. At best, it is an interesting retelling of the old material, and at worst, is a pale imitation or even a parody of the original setting. Although each RPG table is a different universe, I'm sorry that the new edition has broken with the continuity of the setting, as these elements served as a common ground to connect stories of players around the world. I also believe that with some effort and a few more pages in the book, it would be possible for the authors to connect the old material with the new version and avoid a total break with the old setting. The advancement of the timeline, the consequences of a major event like the unfinished time of unparalleled darkness to shatter the core or modify the cosmology, or the presentation of the many and new concepts in new domains and characters, could usually change the book from a total remake to an evolution of the setting. Personally, I intend to take advantage of the rules developed by the book for the 5th edition and pick out the best ideas among the new material and incorporate them into the classic setting. Unfortunately, we now have a divided fan community. I hope that the new book will bring new players to Ravenloft, that it will bring new life and ideas to the game, more than ever. The effort of content creators on the classic setting will be important to create bridges and connect fans of Ravenloft, RPG, Dungeons & Dragons and horror. Join us, subscribe to this channel and activate notifications and together we will continue our exploration through the mists of Ravenloft.